Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Prayer is spiritual communication between man and God, a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. It is natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs. Billy Graham. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, your hosts of the Marriage After God podcast. Before we jump into part four of our eight-part series, we want to read a review that someone has left recently. His name is Jake. It says, finally... I was so excited this morning when I found out you guys were still active. I found your YouTube channel a few years back and loved the content. I never saw any new videos come up and figured y'all had stepped away from any kind of content creation and was I was legit bummed. I never thought to check any other platforms, but now I have a lot of podcasts to catch up on. God bless you too. Your videos helped me break through the awkwardness of being a man steeped in sin, making the about face and becoming a godly leader in my family. I always felt so awkward praying in front of my wife or talking about God or reading scripture aloud with her. You all helped me see that it was possible and it is better. Thank you a million times. Wow, that's awesome. Again, it makes me want to start doing the videos again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, if you have um, had an opportunity to already leave us a star rating and a review, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Not only does this bless us from hearing from you, but uh, it also helps other people find our podcasts. Yep. Um, we also just want to encourage you, if you have not had a chance to leave a star rating or review to take two seconds out of your time to do that today. Um, it's really easy. You just tap the star rating, um, give us whatever you feel inclined, and then uh, leave a written portion as well. Again, this just helps others find the podcast and know what we're about, and it also blesses us. So thank you guys so much for doing that. Yeah, and you never know. We might be reading your review um, on the podcast, so <laughs> you should do that. True. Okay, so we're, we're on part four of our eight-part series. Um, and we've been going through the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and breaking down each verse, seeing what principles we can pull out from Jesus' own teaching on prayer to his disciples and seeing how we can apply those principles to our marriage. Um, so today in part four, we're going to be breaking down Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Um, and up until this point, Jesus has been teaching us about how to pray. Um, he's been teaching us how to pray, when to pray, um, what to pray, but he hasn't yet prayed. <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't gotten to the actual Lord's prayer the actual yet. example. Yeah. But today we're getting into the very first verse, the very first part of the actual, you know, the world famous, most, most well-known prayer in the world, the Lord's prayer. And so that starts in verse nine. Why don't you read that? Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this is one little teeny line, one sentence, uh, from this prayer 
but it's actually got a lot in it. Yeah. So today we're, we're kind of answering the question, who are we praying to? Yeah. And I, I, I think this is probably something that we don't think about that often because we just, we just pray and we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're praying to God. And, but there's something very profound, very powerful to have a conscious recognition of who it is we are praying to. And so that's, that's what this whole episode's about is talking about this, this first portion of Jesus prayer of who it is he's praying to, mm-hmm. who's he teaching us to pray to. Um, also to note, right before he actually starts the prayer, our father in heaven, he says, pray then like this. Um, so just to point out that he's not saying pray this, like mm. pray this specific prayer, which we can do. It is a sure, yeah. good prayer and it, um, it's general, but all relevant over time. I mean, it's people have repeated this prayer, prayer. for yeah. generations since, since Jesus said it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, it, it's, it's a beautiful prayer. Um, but Jesus isn't saying that we only pray this prayer. He's mm. saying we're praying like this. And so I just wanted to point out those two words before we jumped in. Yeah. The, the word like he he's, he's making reference to like, Hey, here's how you can pray. Here's the template. Here's the format yeah. per se. And so we have to remember when we're reading scripture to, you know, we always hear this like context, context, context mm-hmm. matters. Like what is, what is going on? What's the context of this prayer? Um, and so the context of this prayer is actually, uh, the disciples are coming to Jesus and they ask him directly, Jesus, teach us to pray. Like John taught his disciples to pray. Like John taught his mm-hmm. disciples, but you're, we're your disciples. We teach us. Um, what's interesting is uh, you don't know this if you were only to read Matthew chapter six, because it doesn't say that the disciples came to him and asked. But if you go to Luke chapter 11, um, which is, it's another angle. It's another perspective of the same event of the same thing taking place. And it says this, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so we know that the context of the Lord's prayer is, is him teaching how to pray. And so we can look at this prayer and say, this is a template for us to learn from. Jesus isn't saying, here's your prayer to pray. He's saying, here's how to pray. So that's why he says, pray like this. So he starts out the prayer, our father in heaven, and he's directing his prayer to the Lord, to Mm -hmm. God. And so when we start off praying, what do we say? Yeah, well, what? Often we say like, dear Lord, we'll say, you know, dear, dear God. God. Um, I, I often, when I'm writing my prayers, I force myself to write out father or heavenly father or heavenly father, mm-hmm. because I want to, this is kind of what we're talking about today is I want to reposition my mind of like, man, who, who is it relationally that I'm talking to? Um, because one of the most important places to start when we pray, um, is the understanding of who we're praying to mm-hmm. and not just you know, shooting one off into the, you know, atmosphere. Or talking to ourselves, which <laughs> yeah. it can kind of feel like sometimes that it, you're just talking out loud or that's, talking to that's yourself. That's actually a very good point. But, uh, but we even tell our kids, like when we're teaching them, we're, we're, we're praying to the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like we, we want to, um, let the kids know that he has our attention, yeah, that we're giving him our attention. And that they're, and we always want to remind them that they're not just saying words to like with their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we're not, we're not just saying something into the air as a ritual or as something that we do. We we say, Hey, you're actually talking yeah, to your creator. He's, he's your heavenly father. Like I'm your earthly dad, Mm -hmm. but he's like your spiritual dad. Like Mm -hmm. he's your heavenly father. Yeah. Acknowledging who it is that we're praying to. It's the most important part of the prayer because it, it shows you where your heart posture is before the Lord. Right. Well, and if, 
And when we do that, like that posture, it's like, you know, what's our position? It's as children. Mm-hmm. What's our, you know, place? It's, you know, it's definitely as, as young as children of God, we're beneath him and he's above us. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's all this perspective of where, where we're at with him. Um, but it's very relational too. And I know that there's a lot of listeners that are, that would probably be really encouraged by this, just like our children are encouraged by this, because we, another thing we probably mentioned this in the past, um, we always tell our kids, not just who he's, who they're praying to, but what his opinion of them is. Mm, yeah. What, what he loves. And we say, you know, God loves hearing from you. That he, he does hear you. <laughs> he does yeah. hear you. He's listening to you. Um, and he, and so we, we just sound like he loves hearing you, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really big deal for our children to know that God loves hearing from them. And it's comforting. It's super comforting. And it's a really big deal that they know that we love hearing from them as their earthly parents. So the, our listeners, you listening, did you know that God loves hearing from you as your, as his child? He, and he desires to hear from you as his child. And so that's that, I think that's the main emphasis that Jesus is bringing here in this prayer and starting off in this way saying, you know, our father, our father, you know, and I just, I love that. Um, sometimes in thinking about our children and how, like, let's say one of our kids comes to you, let's say Elliot, cause he's a little bit older and mm-hmm. he'll talk to you a certain way. And I say, Hey, you can't talk to your dad like that. And I just remind him who it is that he's talking to. Yeah. Like you don't come to your dad with frustration the way that you just, it's almost disrespectful the way that you just yeah. said what you said. Um, can you change how you said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to remember that when we're praying to God, like we're not just going to him for a sounding board or someone to hear our frustrations. Like we're going to him because we believe who he is, Yeah, that he is who he says he is and that he is listening, that he does love us and that he wants to hear us. But, um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's, it's okay to go to God in your frustration and to share with him your heart in that way. But remember who it is that you're talking to. I think the same concept is is just as relevant, not just between your communication and relationship with God or with your children, or I should say their relationship to you, but mm-hmm. um, in marriage. So how many times do we have a conversation and we start off, you know, we have a harsh startup. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, or we, we come uh, not in the right tone or attitude or, uh, we forget that yeah. we are talking to our spouse. We forget mm-hmm. that we're talking to our wife or our husband, um, who is our lover and our friend. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today in that, in the way we communicate. Yeah, totally. I've experienced that in our marriage where maybe I'm on the end where I feel like, like, why are you talking to me like that? I'm Mm -hmm. your wife. I I want you to come to me with gentleness and understanding and, um, 
like a, almost like, are you like, mad at me? Like, I, what did I, yeah. <laughs> just like a, a reverence that I'm your wife yeah. and vice versa. I know that there's been times that I've approached you and you're like, why, why are you talking to me like mm-hmm. this? Like I want, I desire respect from you or I desire you to, um, understand where I'm at. And, and instead yeah. we let our initial fleshly responses come out of us with no control. Mm-hmm. So in, in communicating to your spouse, having it, having that understanding, if just like if you were praying and you said, dear, you know, dear father, and you're, you're, you're addressing him as, as mm-hmm. father, uh, coming to your wife and doing the same thing, dear wife, dear, dear lover, dear friend, dear partner, dear, um, um, myself, because mm-hmm. you're one with each other, it will change the way you approach them. Mm-hmm. They're not just your, you know, friend on the outside. They're your spouse. So it's, it's a different starting point than we're, than, um, we might be used to. So to go just a little bit further with this, again, Jesus starts off this iconic prayer with recognizing who God is in relationship to himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, just like we've been talking about as heavenly father, he doesn't say Lord. He doesn't say creator. He doesn't say master, although God is absolutely all of those things. Um, and he wouldn't be wrong to call him those. And we can pray those things. We'd like, we said, we, we say, dear Lord, dear God, um, in our prayers, but Jesus makes a point to teach his disciples of who God is in relationship to us and focusing on that and pointing out that relational aspect. And so a, a, th- a thought I just had about this is there's lots of people in this world right now, spiritual people, quote unquote, sp- that pray to God, but they're not praying to our heavenly father. They're not praying to the the God of the Bible. They're not praying to their, their creator. They're praying to a God or whatever they've designed. And so there, you, there's people that could be praying in that way, but there's something very special and intimate about recognizing who he is to us, mm-hmm. that he's our father. And so I, I, again, it's not wrong to pray to God and say, dear God, <laughs> I'm just, there's an awesome emphasis on this idea of who he is and just recognizing that. So even if you pray, dear God, you can still have an understanding in your heart of like, man, I'm talking to my heavenly father right mm-hmm. now. One of the things that we were thinking about in considering like kind of that aspect of a father and and why it's so comforting, mm-hmm. um, we were thinking about our children and how they'll run to the bedroom in the middle of the night and they share with you about a bad dream and ask, yeah. they ask us, will you pray for me? Um, and so just understanding that they come to you for their feelings to be validated, to be comforted, to be mm-hmm. understood, um, and to be led and that's a really cool picture of like what we do for to God when we pray. Yeah, and and, and we can have that same perspective of running to God as a little child mm-hmm. in the middle of the night and knocking on that door that's always open actually because of the of what Christ did on the cross. And we can share our fears and our struggles and our rejoicing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we can thank him and love him in our prayers. Yeah. It's really cool. Um in thinking about um fatherhood and his relation to us. Uh, we know it's a universal thing. Everybody has a father. Yeah. Whether they know him or not, whether they know him or not. Um, and understands the ideal father, right? Yeah. What, what would you say to encourage people who maybe struggle in their perspective of a father? Uh, maybe someone who, um, has, has had a rocky relationship with their father and perceives God in that same light or has a bitter taste in their mouth because of 
an experience with their father or something like that. Yeah. I think it'd be safe to say that, um, we would shape naturally inside of us a perspective of God based off of our perspective of our Mm -hmm. earthly fathers. Um, because that's what we, like our earthly fathers and mothers are supposed to be a representation to us Mm -hmm. of Christ and the church of God. And and they're, they're like our first experience with, you know, God's nature if they're believers, right? That's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, I think how God designed it. So I think there could be, uh, um, an unconscious association yeah. of like, Oh, my father was always harsh with me or always, um, you know, judged me or always, you know, what, whatever you put the keywords in of what your father was toward you, yeah, maybe absent, gone, um, unloving, uh, hurtful, and may, or worse. And maybe we have this fearfulness or this sensitivity, especially to this word father. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing God as our heavenly father and maybe feeling similar things towards him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my earthly father saw me this way. That's probably how God sees me again. May, it's probably a subconscious, like mm-hmm. unconscious thing that you're doing. And, and again, I think it's another reason why Jesus prays this way. Yeah. Saying, well, we all have earthly fathers, but our heavenly father is the one, is the right one, is the good one, is the, is the one that has, is the example that no father could live up to. And he's the safest one to go to that with our concerns him. that you can, yeah. that's good. You can trust him. And so my, my encouragement would be to everyone listening it, to, first of all, ask, ask God, Hey, do I have a perspective of you that's been shaped by my earthly father? that I, that you want to change in me, in, the, yeah. in me because i i think god wants to have his perspective or mm-hmm. i should say he wants us to see him through his through what who he yeah. is not through who our earthly fathers are so i just want to add to this real quick cuz you said the word shape um that our perspective of god can be shaped by our interactions with our earthly father and i think for some people maybe you listening um can can feel a little bit resistant to go to prayer because of that, because of those negative effects that you've had and, and negative perspectives you've yeah. had of who a father is and and what a father does. And I just want to encourage you guys that um, I was listening to a sermon by Paul Washer, and he was saying that a prayer life must be based on the knowledge of who God is and founded on the knowledge of who God is. And I love that. Um, and this is an encouragement to you who may be a little bit... Um, nervous, trepidatious, scared to go into an intimate prayer life with the Lord and recognizing him as your father, your heavenly father, but to go to his word first and discover who he is. When you have a foundation of who God is, then when you go to pray to him, you know exactly who you're praying to. And I just loved his encouragement there. And then he says that you develop the mind of Christ. And as you practice prayer, you begin to pray biblically. And so you can see how God's word not only reveals who God is, but it starts to shape you just that same word Mm -hmm. through experience. And then you have his perspective of who, you know, your relationship with him and who you are in relationship to him. And I feel like this is gotta be such a really um, amazingly freeing concept of recognizing what a good father is in God and that he has made us his children. It says in second uh, Corinthians six eighteen. it says, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me. So the freedom in knowing that we're his children. And I just, I would imagine, you know, so many people probably have some level of maybe feeling um, insecure or unworthy 
to come to their heavenly father because they felt that way about their earthly father or he's inaccessible. And I just, he, he is, and you are, you, you are worthy and capable to go and stand before your father. And he's, he's made a way through Jesus for us to, to come to him boldly, yeah. it says, which is a beautiful thing. There's uh, one other kid story that I wanted to share. Um, Edith, our three-year-old, I noticed that when she was praying, she would jump right into, thank you for everything. <laughs> yeah, she gets cute. excited. <laughs> and I always slow her down. I say, Edie, don't forget who you're praying to. And mm-hmm. and I tell her, I say, repeat after me, dear Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just good. It's good to recognize who it is that we're praying to, that we're not just spouting off emotions or wants or desires or complaints or even praises and yeah. things of gratitude. Those are good things, but let's not forget who it is that we're praying to. Mm-hmm. The next thing Jesus says in this one line. So again, this whole thing, we've only been talking about that first few lines, first few words of that, yeah. this part of the prayer, but the next part of the prayer, he focuses on the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. So not only is he father, but he's holy. Like you were saying, like recognizing who he is, God's holiness needs to be remembered in our prayers. His perfection, his holiness, his goodness, what he's accomplished. Do you want to break down what you mean? Because I, from the verse itself, it says, hallowed be your name. And does everyone know that that means mm-hmm. holiness? Yeah. Hallowed be your name. It means that his name is set apart, that it's above all, that it is special and it should not be tainted or just used in any random way, but it should be recognized as like, oh, this name is set apart. And this is what the Jewish people always did. They would even like the priest would once a year whisper the name of God you know, under their breath to keep it special and safe. And, but Jesus is praying our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's saying, he's like, you're my father and your name is holy. Mm -hmm. Your character is holy. That's what name means. The character of God, the name of God, what he, what he has chosen to show himself as to us in his, in his character. And so recognizing in our prayers, what he has done, what he has accomplished that he alone is holy, that he alone is righteous, that he alone is, has done the amazing and mighty work of salvation in our life through Jesus Christ. And so all of that is wrapped up in this phrase, hallowed be your name, that your name is holy, Lord, that your name is, is set apart, that your name is above all, that your character is to be worshiped. Your character is to be uh, recognized, which helps us to set that posture before the Lord too. When you're going to Him and you're going to pray and you're going to um, share your heart with Him and and share praises with Him and share requests of Him, like you're first recognizing who He is and mm-hmm. what He's about. He's yeah. holy. That is who He is, and I think it's really powerful for us to humble ourselves and and know that and to believe that. Yeah, I think a good. Uh, the probably the best example of the of the heart postures we might be able to have um, is when it comes to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the Bible, it, we're going to get to this in another episode on this in this podcast, actually in this series. But there's this story of the there's this parable of the the servant that owns, owes ten thousand talents to the king, and the and he's goes and he's and he's begging. He's going before the king, recognizing the king's power, what he's capable of, and what he's done, and he's saying. I, I can't do this. Will you, for, you know, I can't do this. And the king forgives him and says, okay, I'm going to wipe your slate clean. That's kind of this posture is like, oh, God's character. He's wiped our slate clean. How do we approach someone who's done that? 
Do we have a heart that forgets so quickly and goes out and then requires the smaller thing from our brother and sister who is also under that King is also under that God who's also been for, could, could be forgiven. Or do we, do we have a posture of like, man, I, this is the one who has set me free. This mm-hmm. is the one who deserves my everything. This is the one who's wiped my slate clean. I think that's the the posture that Jesus is teaching us when it says, hallowed be your name. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, you also have a note here that it says that when we recognize that um, God is holy, he is neither on you, your side or your spouse's side, but he's on his own side. Yep. And I think that this is a good note for marriage because sometimes we can go to prayer and we're we're praying in that war room for our marriage and for our spouse, but there's a little bit of it's a mm-hmm. one-sided perspective of a situation or a character trait that needs to be worked on that we see clearly in the other yep. person. And this was I thought that was a really cool picture that God is neutral in the sense that he wants his will to be done, not yours, not mine. Yeah. But he has a design and a, and a perfect plan for marriage that he wants us to desire and that yeah. we want to, we want him to lead us through. And if we come to him knowing that his, that his, it's his character and it's his, his holiness, then we go to him in that posture and say, okay, Lord, here's what I desire. But I, like we said, like, I think it was in the last episode, but not my will be done. Yeah. God, I, I want truly, I want your will. Find the plank in my eye. Mm-hmm. Help me to see clearly so that I can lovingly and respectfully and with honor help my spouse with the speck in their own. <laughs> I think understanding and recognizing these things will help us as we pray to be sensitive to hear and understand what God has for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just love that you pointed out um, that that posture of of being sensitive to him, of recognizing who he is, and ha- that it's it's his side mm-hmm. that we want to be on, not mm-hmm. the other way around. That's really good. Also, when you think of holiness, um, you know, you always hear that it means set apart. Yep. Being holy means to be set apart, and when we consider and recognize God's holiness, we're recognizing that His holiness stands out in this world. Um, and while this world blasphemes God and mocks God and mm. turns their back to God, we are willing to acknowledge his authority, his power, mm. his divine nature. Yep. And we believe it. And I think that's really necessary and powerful. Um, another episode I was listening to on, um, cause I wanted to know more about this hallowed be your name. I thought it was really interesting. And so there's actually quite a few sermons if you guys wanted to do a little, I did digging. a I did a YouTube search and so these pastors popped up but um John I was listening to John Piper and he says this about this portion of the prayer When we lose our grip on the greatness of God his name his kingdom and his global will we lose a divine equilibrium in life and we become increasingly vulnerable to those problems overwhelming us hmm. meaning so when he's teaching about the Lord's prayer he breaks up um, the first three petitions and the second three petitions. So there's six total. Hallowed be your name is the beginning of the first three, yeah. which are all about God. And then oh, the second, and then the second set is all about us. So it's our daily bread and, hmm. um, very similar to the Ten Commandments starting off with yeah. who got, you know, God exactly. and then, then our, us. Yeah. It was actually really cool to listen. That's in. awesome. But I love this quote and I wrote it down for you guys because when we don't, when we go to God in prayer and we don't take a minute to recognize 
his authority, his holiness, who he is, his greatness, his name. Uh, and here he says his global will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we lose that equilibrium or balance in life. And what what do we do? We end up being self-focused, uh, self-centered. We think our problems are the worst of them and that there's, there's no solution for them. And our prayers yeah. become complaints instead of belief that God actually cares about them or can hear us and wants to walk us through them and help us navigate them. I think that's a really good point because our natural like inclination is to operate in a way that our name is holy, that our, who we are is right Mm -hmm. and righteous Mm -hmm. and that we are on the throne and that we are, you know, we always say like, you know, God's still on the throne, but every day mm-hmm. we are, our, our natural inclination is to put us on the throne. And so the very beginning of this prayer is how it be your name. Mm-hmm. God, I'm it sets not him in right position. I'm not you. Yeah. You are you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it, um, it immediately reminds us, Oh, I'm, I'm not God. <laughs> you and, are. And as a testimony to this, like, have you guys ever seen Christian men and women walk through really hard things? And you're like, man, how, how are you so steadfast? Yeah. Like, how is your faith so strong? How do you believe? And you know that they weep, you know that they struggle and wrestle with doubt and frustrations over the circumstances that they're in. And yet they can remain steadfast. It's because they believe who God is mm-hmm. and they have a reverence for his holiness and knowing that he is on the throne and they are not. Yeah. They have him in right position, and I think that's what sets them apart, and that's where the testimony comes from. That was good. So to conclude this, the this first portion of this, the Lord's Prayer is is recognizing that God is our Father. He's relational. He's he we're, we're His children, and He desires us to come to Him. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is recognizing that He alone is holy, that His name and His character stands above all, mm. and that we can go to Him and trust that character. As God often said in the Old Testament, like, look what I've done. Remember what, where I have brought you, what I have accomplished. And so we can do that when we come to him in prayer. And just again, as a reminder and an encouragement, if you have some negative feelings towards what a father is and what a father does, Mm -hmm. and I just, we we just want to encourage you to start in the word because the word of God will not only reveal to you who God is, but it will transform your mind and shape it in a way that helps you go to him and helps mm-hmm. you enter into that spiritual intimacy of prayer that is so wildly, profoundly important and valuable to a Christian's life. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for our children. We need to be praying for our marriages. Um, and so we just wanted to encourage you with that today. Speaking of testimony of, of prayer. Uh, so last night we get a text from someone just explaining how they were going through something pretty serious with their spouse and just struggling. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And, and asking us to just to pray, pray for them. Yeah. And so me and Jennifer just started talking. We're like, man, what do we do? How do we deal with these sorts of things? This is hard. And that came in, in the midst, honest, if we can be honest with you guys, in the midst of us finally communicating after an all day kind of quietness we were having. because we were having a struggle <laughs> in our marriage. And so we had finally gotten to bed that night and, and we're talking we're through, with each other. we were talking through these things and trying to share our perspectives on the matter because sometimes you can't get to that right away, whether work yeah. or kids or whatever. And so we waited, finally got to share our hearts on it. And then we get this text. And the first thing it made me think of is like marriage is always under attack. And we need to be yeah. prayerful for these things, but go ahead. Well, and so we, we were talking and there's this, like for, for a little bit, we're discussing like, what, what can we do? 
Like, how do we help? Should I do, should I reach out? Should I, what do we do? And Jennifer, you just started praying and you just prayed for them. And then we started praying for other people that we know that are going through things. And it was really awesome. And then we went to bed and the next day we get a text from this person saying, man, the Holy Spirit was really moving and it, and there's been reconciliation and it's, and we are like, praise God. <laughs> like, how cool is that? They said, thank you for being there. Even though we weren't physically there, they knew that we were there spiritually, that we cared enough to pray for their marriage. And believe that God is going to move in them. Mm-hmm. And they are. And so that I just, we want to encourage you like that this is a, this is a real thing that God's given us to be able to come to him and especially how special it is uh, to do it for others and on their behalf. So I just want to share that. Very cool. Um, so that kind of sums up this episode today. Uh, when we end an episode, we always like to pray. And we've been doing this really cool thing for this series uh, where we share a prayer from The Marriage Gift, which is our newest book. And it's a devotional with 365 uh, very unique prayers for marriage, uh, supported by a, a verse from the Bible. And so today's uh, we're going to read from you is 44, and it says, Lord, we need you. And the verse that goes along with it is Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Dear Lord, in this moment, we humble ourselves and draw near to your throne of grace and confidence. Thank you for mercy and grace in our times of need. Lord, we need you as our provider. We need you as our protector. We need you as our healer. We need you as our redeemer. We need you as our peacekeeper. We need you as our navigator. We need you as our savior. Lord, we need you in every capacity that exists, and we praise you for being our helper. Lord, teach us how to love and how to communicate better. Transform our hearts and continually refine us. Lord, we need you every day. Please cover us with your peace and fill us with your strength so that we may persevere in every way. Lord, we ask you to use us today to fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you haven't um, already, please visit themarriagegift.com and check out our newest book, three, uh, The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. Um, we just want to see marriages be praying, praying more. We love you all. See you next week. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers 
that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.